0: Feel the rhythm. The highlight of your week has arrived, Andrew. Yes, it has. Feel the rhyme. I don't know how to
1: say your Instagram handle, so I'm not even going to try.
0: Get on up. It's 11 o'clock on a Saturday. We all know what that means. That you're probably keeping me from watching a Liverpool game. Yep.
1: It's podcast time.
0: Andrew, we are back. And we have a race of years to talk about. Yes, well, we do. Before we get into that, this is the, probably the closest thing to, to breaking news we ever do in our podcast. Shalane Flanagan. That's the Morse code, like breaking news alert. Ah, right those now. were the days. Um, Shalane Flanagan has announced her retirement from competitive running. She's going to transition into coaching. Good for her. Yeah, I mean, we all saw. And we're not surprised. Now she's been battling injuries. She had to have surgery this past year. It was coming. But
1: uh, good, good for her.
0: Uh, she definitely brought, you know, she brought great uh,
1: visibility to women's distance running. Uh, brought us New York last year. Uh, just incredible.
0: Um, a lot of good memories from Shalane. And the the transition to coaching makes so much sense. Uh, there was an article written right after she won um, New York about something called the Shalane effect and at the time, eleven of her training partners had made the Olympics uh, just you know from working alongside of her uh, training with her, listening to her uh, it's it's you know it's the sport that's kind of solitary, yeah you know, people tend to train by themselves or maybe in small groups and Shalane was really one of those runners that kind of bucked that trend and, and ran with people and made them better alongside of her. So the transition to coaching is going to be perfect for her. She's going to be great at it. Well, and I
1: think one thing that's always been cool about her is just how, and you know, we've talked about uh, the women's side of American elites before and how they tend to be a little more community centered yes. and driven. And she was right at the forefront of that. Absolutely. Uh, to see her uh, after winning New York to be, she wins New York and she goes out after showering and eating and is hanging medals around the necks of finishers and hugging and shaking hands and taking pictures with these people. That's unbelievable. Yeah. And that's who she is. And she talked about that in our farewell post, you know, that she's more, she may not have been talking directly about just the average everyday runner, but she's more interested in other people's results than she is her own. And Mm -hmm. I, that's evident. She That's not, that's not just um, lip service. Like that, that's, we have evidence of that. And uh, I just, I think it's really cool, really happy for her to be able to kind of make that transition and make it definitive. And I, I look forward to seeing what she does and, in coaching and just in the future. And I know she's going to stay involved in the community and she's just great. So mad props to her.
0: Absolutely. And it, uh, I'll tell you what, it makes next year's women's marathon trials more interesting because she's retiring. Jordan has is dealing with a hamstring injury. That's, uh, probably two runners you would have been looking at next year that might not, well, Shalane isn't and Jordan Hesse might not be available. So it's going to make the trials even more interesting. to see if there's some unknown, maybe somebody we're not talking about who qualifies. God, that's no, we'll to,
1: definitely we'll have more on that. It's going to be Ooh. here
0: before we know it, man. You know what's cool? So
1: we're, we're going to talk about the Columbus Marathon here in a second.
0: But yes. Darius Blackford had talked about this, just you
1: bringing up the Olympic yes. trials. I know exactly where you're going. So he got to wrap the American flag around five different people yesterday. Because he does this for anybody who runs co- – uh, Cleveland, Columbus, for anybody who runs Columbus and qualifies for the Olympic trials, Darius takes an American flag and gives them their moment. And he wraps them in the flag and gives them their time to shine on the big screen. And that's just amazing. And we had five people do it yesterday at Columbus. Just really cool. So we we have a few months to go. Uh, It's going to be February 29th. And five people from our race yesterday. I say our race, even though you weren't there, because it is. I, mean, I was we, there. In we love the event. Yeah. And uh, it, but we, we get to send five of our own off to Atlanta in February. Yeah. It's just really cool.
0: Yeah, I'm actually I'm looking at the post right now, and I remember him telling us that he does that, and it's just it is so cool. It's, you you got to work really really hard. To get to that point where you can qualify for the Olympic trials, and to to have a race director who wants to take that time out to, like you said, give them their moment to shine. Yep, that's why it's a good race, Andrew. It is. He is. He is all about the community, and yeah. uh, you really you really
1: do feel that. Yeah. On on race day, and uh, it was it was a fun day.
0: Well, speaking of that. It was a fun day. It was your fun day. Uh, break down your race for us, Andrew. How are you feeling today? We'll start with that. How are you feeling today? I
1: feel a lot better than I thought I was going to.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not too sore. Uh, stairs are not my friend. No,
0: they never <laughs> uh, are after a marathon.
1: Yeah, but you know, it's not. It's not been too bad. I, I've been able to get up and walk around. I haven't been completely hobbled like I was. After my first, I mean, that's always the worst. Yeah, I think in some ways, you're just so mentally prepared for it to absolutely suck that it's not as bad as you thought it was going to be.
0: Do you, Do you have sort of like a a pattern where you know, like this muscle group is going to come back to you on this given day? Like, I have a, a pattern that my body follows, like for the four days after a race.
1: Not necessarily. Okay. That I Not at not least that I – I don't know that I've ever been that conscious about it because I take a – we're going to go into – we're going to talk about recovery. <laughs> we're, we're, we're kind of inadvertently changing around the, uh, our little outline here. But, uh, yeah, I, with the mandatory time off that I take, I don't mm-hmm. think I pay too much attention to it as long okay. as it's nothing that's out of the ordinary and nothing that's like, oh, my God, that's something I need to be concerned about when I get back to running – Right. If it's just soreness. You know, I, I just ran 26.2 miles. I'm going to be sore and I don't really care where it's sore. As long as it's not that, you know, pain that's like, oh my gosh, that's, that's something I need to be wary of as I begin to get back into running. I, I don't know that I really even pay attention to it. It's either I'm moving well or I'm not right. And I'm, I'm moving okay today. So
0: I'm, I'm happy with that. But you wanted me to break down the race a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Walk us through, walk us through how your race went because I was tracking you from home and uh, you got off to a, a pretty speedy start.
1: I did. I did. I, you know, I didn't – this was a, a, a weird – it's been you know, – we've talked about it ad nauseum uh, on this podcast, the season of running I've been in. And when I was struggling to get in some of those long runs – over the hotter weeks and months of summer, I kind of dialed back my training to more of a beginner-type training plan since it had been so long. Right. So I, I didn't really have maybe the speed work and the tempo workouts that I would normally have put in. And I'm okay with that. I'm not – anything I say today that sounds like any kind of regret, it's not regret. I'm I'm 100% happy with how yesterday went. But I could definitely feel, I got off to the start that I did, I knew that I could run the pace I was running. I I lined up with a 310 group, which is about 715, I think it's 712 to 715 per mile. And I really wanted to take down my family record, which my brother set in 2015, which was 311 and change. So I kind of set that as my time goal. And I lined up with that group, and I, I went out with them. And we, I mean, we, we were knocking it, knocking it off pretty even and pretty quickly. It, was, it felt good. I, uh, I got to see – my whole family was down there, uh, my, my wife, son, brother, sister-in-law, and nephew. They were downtown. And I got to see them at three different spots in the first half of the course, which was just amazing. And I knew that my brother, who – I was trying to take down his PR. Mm -hmm. Uh, I knew that he was rooting for me to do it. And I knew that I I looked strong and I knew what he was thinking when that group had me at the front of it and was passing them and getting high fives from my nephew and son. He was like, oh my gosh, he's going to take down my PR. I know what he was thinking. And he wants me to. I mean, that's what's funny about running, kind of the Shalane effect. You you want people to beat you.
0: Yeah, there is... There's something you work hard for what you get, but that's just it. You work hard, and if somebody else goes out there and betters you, good for them. Yeah, like I remember my buddy Matt
1: at work ran his first full at Akron last year. He, like, I'm 317.07 is my PR, uh, and he was coming down market, which is about a mile out of the finish line at Akron, and he was. I'm trying to do the math in my head, but I so badly wanted him to get me. And I think he missed me by like 30 seconds or something. And when he crossed the finish and I saw he just missed me, I was so bummed. Like I wanted him to beat me. It's just funny how running works. Uh, And, you know, I know that's how my brother was yesterday. So, but yeah, I stuck with that group uh, through the first half of the course and then um, I, I kind of started to uh, feel where the wheels weren't coming off, but that lack of speed training and, or the speed work and the, the faster workouts was coming back to haunt me. Right. And before the wheels fell off, I wanted to dial it back. I did not want to go through slogging the final 10 or 11 miles of the race. Once I started to kind of feel that I was like, Hey, you know what? It's been a long road back here. Let's enjoy this moment. Yeah. There's, and I, you know, I have no regrets about dialing it back. I have no regrets about going out with that pace group. I mean, clearly I was capable of running with them. Uh, I, I felt good. Even when I dropped off of them, I could just, you know, you could start, you, you know, when the wall is about to hit. Yes. All and, too well. Yeah. So instead of trying to run to and through that wall, I, I just, I brought it back and, uh, I, I let the pace group go. Uh, and I, I didn't get down on myself. Even as the pace group got out of sight, I did not get down on myself. I just kept reminding myself of where I was, uh, you know, two and a half years ago, I finished my last full. And then 22 days ago, I had completed Akron. Right. And and here I was doing this and racing it this time instead of using it as a training run like I did at Akron. And I, I left everything out there that I had. And I just kind of kept telling myself that, like, it, you, you left it out here. You didn't come in and go... I don't know what I'm going to be capable of doing today. Let's just take it easy and have fun. That's not what I did. I, I went out and I, I gave myself an audacious time goal to go after. Uh, but I, I enjoyed, I made sure to enjoy all 26.2 miles, not just 20 of them and hate the final 10K. Right. So I, I, as I was I was typing up a recap of the race yesterday. And I kind of realized something. And I think as, you know, runners, sometimes we can, we can forget this. We, we talked, we've talked before about how you need to go into a race with a, with different kind of tiers of goals. You know, you start with your A goal, your B goal, C goal. Well, I realized my A goal is going to be the same for every race. Leave it all out there and remember why you do it. If I can do that, like B goal be a time goal. Yeah, I might, I want to go out and do this. But no matter what, I want to look back on the race and go, I had fun and I left it all out there. Yeah. Like that, then everything else is going to fall where it does. Something can happen during a race that knocks you off your PR, whether it's a shoe coming untied or GI issues or whatever it may be, cramping. I mean, we, we all know it all too well. We've all been there. Mm hmm. And it only takes one moment to knock you off a PR. That's never going to be my A goal ever again. It's just not, I don't think it's where I'm ever going to be as a runner again. I don't want to get too wrapped up in those. You know, we keep calling them external goals. I don't want to get so wrapped up in those that I forget why I do it. If I give my best and I have fun the whole way, I'm going to be happy no matter what the time is.
0: Well, I think something that's so. Important about what you're saying is that, you know, you you and I talked last week, and you you had thought for a while about really hammering a really hard pace just because of how you felt. And what's what's so important is that, you know, you recognize that you felt really good, and that that was something you should or something you would go for, and, and felt comfortable going for. But you also recognized that, hey, you know, this is my first time back in a few years. And, you know, there's elements of training that I would normally have that I maybe don't have under my belt because it's, you know, my first time back. And, you know, the summer was really hot and it kind of knocked me off my game at times. And so, you know, there are those people who, it, it's always good to be, you know, pushing yourself to those limits like you've described, but also recognizing, like, there's things that get you to that ability to, to push for those moments. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have the training, like there's no way to will yourself to, you know, a BQ if you haven't put in the training that's going to get you to a BQ. And so it's just it's so awesome to hear you feel like you have the confidence to really go after something, but to also recognize in the moments in the race, which is incredibly hard because you've got so many things going through your head in the middle of a race. Right. You know, you're monitoring your body, your you know, feeling the, the energy of racing. You've got the crowd pushing you on. There's different parts of the course that make you feel really good. And it's so hard to have that, that very objective moment where you go, you know, I maybe need to back off here if I want to enjoy the rest of it.
1: What's funny, the uh, biggest factor that w- kept me wanting
0: to push mm-hmm.
1: was knowing that my family was tracking me. Okay, And they saw me the last time I saw them. So I saw them at like mile three, mile eight, and then like 12, 12 and a half. Okay. I felt so good and so strong each time I saw them. And when I started shortly after that was when I started to pull back because it was like 15 or 16. I started to go, okay, let's, let's bring it in a little bit. Yeah. My biggest concern was, oh my gosh, they're going to think I'm dying. <laughs> uh, and uh, but I quickly let that thought go. But it kept kind of popping up. And when I was able to see them as I was uh, coming down the finish shoe, I made sure to give them like a big thumbs up and smile because I wanted them to know I was enjoying it. I wasn't. I didn't fall off a cliff <laughs> in misery. Uh, I, I was
0: enjoying it and I dialed it back to continue to enjoy it. It's funny because, uh, friend of the pod, Erica Gennaro and I were messaging each other throughout the race cause we were both tracking you. And I, again, I knew, I knew your, your private little goal of, of wanting to really go out. And so, you know, as I was watching, you hit that pace really for the first, uh, half marathon or so. And then I was waiting to kind of see because I, I knew like that last mile, the half marathon is all uphill. So that slows people down a little bit. And then you hit, you know, the, the Ohio State's campus. And we talked about that last week, how the, the energy gets kind of sucked out a little bit. And I saw that you'd slow down and it was just OK. Like, did that happen because he went out too hard? Did it happen because the course got to him? Did he just realize he needs to back off? And it was just kind of funny, like, in my own head, I was speculating, like, I wonder what happened. And when I saw that you had slowed down in the second half, I was really eager to talk to you just to see, like, okay, how do you feel about what happened here? Because, I, I, you know, I've been there where you start out really well, and for whatever reason, you know, you decide on your own to back off, or I've had cramping that's forced me to back off. And so I was just really interested to hear how you had felt, and I was really happy to hear that you were – pleased with how things went because you were on a PR pace for quite a while.
1: I was. Yeah, I was I was on PR through. I mean, the first half was, you know, had me on pace to PR and significantly. Yeah. And then when when I dialed it back, I still kind of had the the visions of PRing because I I could dial it back. I, you know, time banking is not necessarily the best strategy. It's not the worst either. There's studies that go both ways. Yeah. Uh, So but, I, you know, I kind of thought maybe I have enough time banked to PR if I can keep a solid pace going. Uh, but I, you know, I just really, I think what benefited me was when I really realized that wasn't going to happen. And I was able to kind of admit that to myself without feeling down on myself. Right. Uh, I I was able to go, you know what, it's not going to happen today. And that's fine. You're still going, I ran my second fastest full marathon which is an
0: accomplishment. It that's is. Like, that's not a minor accomplishment. No.
1: Well, and, you know, I think one problem is when you, you know, I, uh, three years ago, what, three years ago, um, I was, you know, that's when I had gone out and I really wanted to qualify for Boston. I got so wrapped up in time and, you know, got of, I had to break 305. And, you know, I had these visions of that. To, I, I almost had like this, um, I couldn't really keep in context that 317 is a fast marathon time. It yeah. seemed slow to me because I was going after something else and there was almost this anxiety I had about not being able to call myself a Boston qualifier. 321 is still a fast marathon time. Oh, it's <laughs> huge. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not it's, like I went at, I, I, I mean, that's, it's, Still fast. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing to be ashamed of in saying 321. And I I just, I've kind of, I've kind of battled through some of maybe this, I I don't even know what it is, just this anxiety of maybe not being fast enough. It's still fast.
0: You know, it's really fast. And I've, I've kind of, I've battled with it myself too. And, you know, the, the thing that I've come down to is that what's awesome about training is that the next cycle can always be the cycle where it all comes together. Like 3:21 is a really, really great time. And you've even said like you had to dial some things back. You weren't able to do your speed training. Um, You know, it was really your first time back running this distance. Like you said, in two and a half years, you get to have that confidence now that, Hey, I'm able to do this and you can feel confident, maybe going for broke a bit more in the next cycle now.
1: And maybe kind of reversing race plan, too. Like, I, I think if I, if I go out, I don't know what I'm going to do in the spring. We would kind of talked off air about what we might be looking at doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, if I reverse race plan and I go out easy for the first eight or so, yeah, and then push it, then who knows what could happen. But like I say, my A goal from here on out is totally different than it's ever been before. Right. And uh, that, that's just, that's where I'm going to be. And that's where I hope I stay, honestly. Yeah. At, at some point, yes, I'd love to qualify for Boston. Uh, but I don't know that. One, I don't know that that is ever going to happen. Uh, maybe I need to age up a few times. And by the time I'm 60, the 60 group will be 305. It comes to you. <laughs> yeah, God. The way it's going. I just keep aging up. The way to it's the, going. Um, but, yeah, no, it was, it was good stuff yesterday. I, I was very, very pleased. The Angel Mile, as always, uh, you know, just to talk about that for one quick second. Um, there was – it was probably the most emotional of any Angel Miles mm-hmm. this year. Uh, if, you, if you did not listen to us um, talking about this before, I believe we talked about it with Darius. Uh, we might have talked about it last week, too. Um, it's the mile where – Uh, it's mile eight and it's where parents who have lost their kids, uh, at Nationwide Children's Hospital come out and support the runners and support the cause of Nationwide Children's Hospital. And they're out there, you know, with posters made of their kids who have passed away, you know, their happy memories of them on a poster board with their, uh, birth and, uh, death date and it's just a really cool experience to see these parents yeah. out there cheering you on and there was part of it yeah but there was there was one mother specifically and i will probably never forget her face uh i don't know if a runner had passed her that meant something special to her if somebody had stopped and said something to her or maybe she was just like this the entire race because it was just so special to her. She was just bawling hysterically. Really? And it was just incredible to see that. And to see that this woman was out here with her kid in spirit, cheering people on. I mean, you're kind of dredging up bad memories and bad experience. But you're doing it to go out and support your fellow man. Yeah. and. I I just about lost it. It, It's such an incredible experience to see those parents out and just every mile to see those kids. And, you know, that was another thing I was really trying to do that back half of the, well, really the whole course, but especially on the back half when I was kind of like, okay, we're going to throw the PR out the window and we're going to focus on having, man, those patient champions at each mile. I was just hitting up each and every one of them.
0: Yeah. You know, last year I was, I mean, I was in the midst of a PR attempt and, um, it's like, it still didn't matter. Anytime I saw, you know, a children's champion, as long as I didn't have to like do too much weaving to get to them. Um, yeah, Yeah. I was trying to high five every single one that I could find because it's just, it, it just, it makes the race, it makes Columbus specifically just a little more meaningful yeah, because of that element to it. And it's like, you can't not, I mean, it didn't matter what I was trying to do. Like, I was still going to try to reach out to every single one that I could. Oh, it's uh, so much fun. Just so much fun. So <sighs> I you're now... Year. I, yeah, I know. I, it <laughs> killed me. I was on Facebook before I got on with you. And it... Uh, what popped up were the pictures of me from last year after the race. And, hmm. uh, God, I, you know, my, my next year's still a little up in the air. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm playing it by ear right now. I'm just kind of seeing where I'm at and, um, you know, I'm going to start pushing when I feel I'm ready to push. My body has so far felt pretty good, but you know, it's like, I'm not going to commit to anything until I really feel like I'm capable of committing to it. But I right. would, uh, I would love, I would absolutely love to run Columbus again.
1: Um, I did want to shout out, uh, one friend, listener of our pod that we have. There's so many to shout out from this weekend, but this was extra special. Uh, Keegan Gallagher, who is one of our uh, followers on Instagram and loyal listener of the show. I've never met Keenan in person. Uh, I don't think I had actually Instagram messaged Keenan before yesterday. Uh, Keenan was atop one of the bridges at the finish line. And is a, apparently, if not professional, a very, very good photographer. And on my personal Instagram messaged me dozens of photos of me in that finish area uh, running the final uh, oh, wow. quarter mile or so of the race. Uh, so either a tremendous photographer or stalker. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hopefully, the, hopefully the former. <laughs>
1: Uh, but I, I – so I just wanted to give Keegan a, a quick shout-out. You can go to his uh, Instagram for his photos. His specific photo Instagram is Images. There will definitely be a few uh, of his photos that I share on my personal Instagram and probably even the the pod one as I look through all of them. But just – yeah, just cool to have somebody like that because we all know – I should have waited to plug him. Uh, Well, we could just switch up the outline. We all know what a racket marathon photo is.
0: Yeah, you know what? We're going to do some (laughs) post-race stuff. We can absolutely go right into the race photo racket. (laughs) I I loved – I had seen the the tweet that you sent me from Mark Remy about (laughs) Elliot (laughs) Kachogate. If he was going to buy his – his post breaking two <laughs> photos, if he was just gonna get the watermarked ones. Oh, uh, I love it because you're you're sending me photos all morning of you finger gunning, and it's like, yep, yep, watermarks. They're gonna be popping up. I I know you and I have talked about it before, so it's not like this is a new subject. But I think about it every year. Like these are such awesome events. Yeah. And we all know what's gonna happen. They're gonna wait. They're gonna wait. They're gonna wait, and after you haven't ordered for like three months, they're gonna be like, "Hey, you can get three photos for the price of one." Just offer it then. Offer right. It right after the race, I'll buy well, them. Just make it cheaper, and I'll buy them. Yes. You know, how many people would buy
1: them if the package for the complete for like it's seventy four ninety nine to download each one of my photos from yesterday? It's twenty four ninety nine to download one. I would download all of them in a heartbeat for twenty four ninety nine. Yeah. I probably would pre order them before the race. I I wouldn't care. I would almost expect that as part of my registration fee. I'm – you have to knock my pictures out of the park. I bought them one time in all the races I've run. And that was my first Columbus Marathon when we went through the shoe. You've shared the picture that for some reason you had on your phone.
0: I I found I stalked your Twitter and found it. The flow. Oh, the flow. But
1: that, that picture was worth buying.
0: Oh, yeah. for so many reasons. Hey, I looked good in
1: that picture. <laughs> that, that picture was worth buying, and I, uh, I don't regret it. But I do like to see what's happening now. There, so I had actually researched this because I had thought about, how could I start my own race photography company? Because I thought Marathon Photo was such a racket for so long. Well, apparently, about eight years ago, Marathon Photo... Had issued or had filed for a patent on software okay. that scans your bib okay. and places the photo into its own individual photo based off of your bib number. Okay. So here we are uh, about a year ago, so about seven years later after the patent was filed... Uh, you're starting to see free photo companies come into the fold. I don't know if you have noticed that at certain races. Akron did it. Hall of Fame does it. The patent has now expired. Ah. So, I believe we will see the tables turn towards a much better value in race photography. Because Marathon Photo, I, I just can't buy them. And I have Do you have an issue with people sharing the watermarked images? Hell no. Good.
0: Me neither. Hell no. I, I, like you, I bought them once, and it was for Cleveland last year, you know, my big breakthrough marathon. And I I did what I, you know, said I do. I waited until I could get three for the price of one, and then I did it. Um, But what's funny, actually, is, like, if you look at all of my social media, I have the same profile picture, and it is a picture of me Um, racing the Towpath 1010 from last June. And they don't always have photographers there, but they happen to have photographers at that particular race. And they just post all the photos on a Flickr stream and you can go in and uh, download them free of charge whenever you want. And that's the one race that I've run where I finished top three. And it's like, yeah, I want a race of me. I want a picture of me doing that. And it's a decent photo. So it just, I hope that more companies are coming along like you said where it's going to be more accessible because it's such um, it's such a scam and when you run Mm -hmm. when you build up for these races and you know some of them are incredibly meaningful it's nice to have memories of them and you know what if i need to do it with a photo with a watermarked photo in the meantime i don't care everybody knows well it's
1: would you spend an extra 15 bucks on your race registration if it included photos
0: depending on how many yeah like a bigger race like Cleveland, where I know they're gonna probably snap, you know, eight to ten to twelve, maybe. Yeah, yeah. fifteen bucks is nothing. Yeah. Um, and that's funny. Cause like you wonder if you wonder if you would almost get more people buying the photos if there was just that ump, that upfront but lesser charge. Right.
1: Well, and that's why it's just like twenty four ninety nine. I bet Marathon Photo would make way more money than they do charging seventy four ninety nine.
0: Yeah, I'd love to know what the breakdown on that is, like, Uh, business-wise.
1: It it just, it would have to be, I I mean, they would, people would never complain. Marathon photo is a negative thing to talk about in the running community for the most part. Everybody views it as a scam.
0: Uh, At least that I know. Well, like, I think about, so I think about the amounts. You know, $24 is basically what I spend to tank up once. $75 $75 is a significant to me right. feels like a significant amount of money to spend. Like That's I'm gonna a
1: race think, entry.
0: Yeah, like I'm going to think twice about spending that much money, but right. like, yeah, you know, spending the amount of an extra tank of gas. Right. I don't I don't really think too much about that.
1: For the cost of a vanilla chai latte a day, these <laughs> photos could be yours.
0: <laughs> oh, Goodness gracious. I know. It's funny. We're 33, almost 34 minutes into this podcast, and we haven't actually talked too much about the topic we're going to talk about today.
1: (laughs) After the race.
0: (laughs) I know. You know, it's like, I don't really know that we can get 60 post race. Oh, uh, yeah. But we can start on it now.
1: Well, I mean,. Talking about Columbus was going to be a good portion of it. So there, we got most of that out of the way. I'm sure we'll go back to it a few times. Yeah. So yeah. you want to talk about what I've done today in my post-race recovery? You know, just,
0: you know, what does post-race look like for us?
1: Well, it is 2.40 in the afternoon, the day after a race. I am on my third beer already. All right. So let's start with that. My favorite part about running a full marathon is – As soon as I am done, I give myself a solid 48 hours to do whatever the fuck I want to. Yes. Uh, And I think that's an important thing. For weeks and weeks and weeks, you will, you know, I'm not going to eat 19 cookies tonight. I'm going to eat oatmeal for breakfast every morning. I'm going to do this. You know what? I've had Captain Crunch and ice cream for lunch the day after a marathon before. And didn't regret it. I maybe regretted how I felt after I did it, but it was okay. Like, give yourself time to really, truly gorge out and do whatever you want. You freaking earned
0: it. It's all about balance. And part of that balance is that you tilt kind of one way when you're in hard training and you're responsible and you watch what you take in. And the other half of that then is that when you're done – you need to be able to do whatever the hell you want. Yep. I actually, I don't even, I don't, I go way beyond the 48 hours. I go for probably at least two solid weeks of, I don't care what I do.
1: (laughs) See, I will get to about Wednesday and I would be like,
0: "Mm, that's why I don't eat pizza
1: for Ah. lunch and dinner every day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I will qualify it by saying that it isn't like I gorge for two months or for two weeks. It's, I do whatever I want initially and then it's like, yeah, if I want to have this, you know, midday two or three beers, I'm going to go ahead and do that. But I don't right. do it every day because then I do hate my life. Right. Yeah,
1: they, it does. It is funny how because, you know, I mean, I will be like just unhealthy today and tomorrow for okay. sure. Uh, I I mean, just because I want to be It's it's almost like just a ritual of sorts to just really eat. Anything that's not good for me, because I really don't eat garbage most of the time, even when I'm not training. I just don't eat bad for you food mostly. Right. But this is the one time I'm like, you know what, I'm going to give in to this and, uh, and be okay with it. But yeah, by like Wednesday or Thursday, I'm just like, oh, that's, that's why I don't do that. <laughs> it's, um, it almost becomes a punishment. It's like, uh, it's like Ben
0: Stiller in Dodgeball
1: when he's shocking himself, when he's trying to
0: eat, you don't, you don't do that. Do you? I do not. You don't don't have like a battery with nipple clamps somewhere. (laughs) No. no. Okay. (laughs) I've got them in my basement. Uh, Just kidding. uh, But seriously, I've got, uh, um, (laughs) Oh God. I'm glad we don't try to rate these podcasts anymore.
1: So what, what, what other, uh, So, do you give yourself, like, after a long race, besides just eating whatever you want, do you have any, like, recovery routine besides just resting
0: and laying around? Not, not really. I think my recovery routine is that I allow myself to do, beyond eating, um, some of the things, like, maybe physically that I wouldn't otherwise do during training. Like, I like to hike a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. So, usually within those few weeks, I'll go and I'll do multiple hikes. I might do a bike ride down on the towpath. Um, not that I don't ever do those things when I'm training, but, you know, when you're really, like, hard into training and you're running 40, 50, 60 miles a week, like, physically, you just don't have the energy to do a lot of that.
1: Well, and hiking's kind of nerve-wracking, too, because you don't want to hit a root or yeah, rock. And...
0: exactly. So, it's – I kind of do those things that – I otherwise wouldn't allow myself to do when I'm hard into training. And some of it too is just the time. Yeah. You know, like when you're hard in the training and maybe you're doing a long run and that takes you two or three hours of time, you don't want to then take another two or three hours of time to drive somewhere to hike and do that. It's just there's only so much time of the day. Right. So no, I don't really have an immediate recovery. It's funny, I was thinking about like even just immediate post-race recovery, and I was kind of thinking through what I do post-race, and I don't know if this is your experience, but, like, a lot of people, they like to just, like, immediately go and eat. I yeah. almost put so much into a race that I, I can't initially. I find it really hard to eat the day of a race.
1: I had a chimichanga yesterday after okay. the race, and it was amazing. Now, one thing I did do, because I did not pre-purchase any parking which for Columbus, it is probably one of the races I would recommend that for. Because yeah. street parking is a little more difficult. But I lucked out yesterday. Because as I was heading downtown, I, was, I just put my uh, Apple Maps on my phone to North Bank Park. And I was like, okay. I'm just going to start going to North Bank Park from my brother and sister-in-law's house. Just get me downtown. And I'll just basically first parking... That I find available, I'm gonna take. And I got off the interstate and it's dark. I don't know Columbus very well, but it turns out there's Goodale Park right off the exit that I got off of, and there's street parking and nobody was there. So, but in the, I was shocked more people were not doing this. So I had to like go not over the median, but I had to kind of like, I did not drive legally to get to this parking space. But I kind of had to go around this median to get onto the street that runs parallel to the park. And then I had to reverse maybe 100 yards or so to the street parking. Uh, Fortunately, it's still dark, so I could see lights of anybody who may have been coming down that road. And there was nobody. So, I mean, it was totally safe. It just was totally illegal, too. Uh, But I found parking and... I saw. I was still. I was only about eight tenths of a mile away from North Bank Park. I was like, you know what? That's perfect. I think that's part of the reason I'm not terribly sore today, because I had a good solid. You know, between the moment that I crossed the finish line and the moment I got to my car, I probably had a good solid mile and a half to two miles of walking. It wasn't my wasn't my favorite thing in the moment. Yeah, but I think that it was a proper. Uh active
0: cooldown. It's funny. I'm looking at where you parked and I think I parked in pretty much the same area last year.
1: Well as I was describing it, were you like, that sounds really familiar?
0: Well, and like so I like you, even though I went to graduate school in Columbus, I didn't go to downtown Columbus a lot. Ohio State's a solid about two and a half miles north it's of downtown Columbus. City. It is um and I lived off campus and I but I was within walking distance so I just didn't do much driving around downtown Columbus and downtown Columbus within the last few years has had a ton of construction going on so like even if you know it well it isn't like you're necessarily going to get to where you want to go to um but yeah so I had the same exact experience where I just kind of like drove down and got off kind of like knowing where I wanted to go and it was just well Find the first parking you can find. And it was like right by where you're talking about.
1: Yeah. I, I was getting on and the, the uh, exit ramp was starting to back up. And I mean you could see where I mean people were trying to get all the parking decks downtown. I mean the yeah. the the cross street that the exit was for, I mean, it was backed up forever. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm not I'm not fucking with that right now. Like yeah. I'd rather walk. <laughs> yeah. I have more anxiety as a person sitting still than I do adding an extra quarter mile of walking each way. So I'm just going to get off right here. That's what she said. And it's, and I'm going to be fine with that. And it, I think it had a, uh, I think it had a good effect where it killed some time for me in the morning because I got down there honestly a little earlier than I expected to. Right. And I had a good cool down where I was able to, uh, maybe not feel so nauseous, and I was able to go eat. And we went to Chewy's in uh, Easton, which is fun for me, having lived in Austin for a few years. Uh, Chewy's was started in Austin. It's a Mexican restaurant that's now a pretty big chain, clearly, because yeah. it's in Columbus, all the way from Austin. But it's just it's a little nostalgic. No, I didn't eat at one of the cool hipster places that Thomas was trying to tell me to eat at when we were downtown. <laughs> But, uh, it, Thomas, you know, you got to go with the favorites. It uh, yeah, it, it was it's nostalgic for me. And I, I went there and I got a chewy changa, which is one of the best things you could possibly eat ever. And uh, yeah, I was able to put down the whole thing. It was and I felt great.
0: You know, it, it's funny. I can see Thomas recommending all the hipster places. When I think of Columbus, I think of like the staples like Schmitz. Good German food for after a race. That's what I had last year. And then I went up to Hound Dogs with my dad. Great pizza place north of Ohio State's camp is like my all-time favorite pizza place. Like, those are the favorites, Thomas. You don't need some Asian fusion hipster (laughs) whatever bullshit. Mango tacos. Like, no, no. Good, solid post-race food. Okay, actually, I shouldn't talk about tacos because that is
1: one thing Thomas does not
0: fuck with. So Thomas I does should, like his tacos.
1: Yeah, no, he he does he does his tacos legit. So uh, he doesn't no hipster tacos for Thomas. Uh, <laughs> what what about like? Do you give yourself after a race any mandated time off? Like how long do you tell yourself I can't run
0: after? Um, a race? So it's kind of funny because usually it's been at least two weeks where I don't even want to think about it. Um, yeah. But I have found that. My body and and probably more so my mind after a race, I can't predict what it's going to want to do. So like last year after Cleveland, you know, I have this big breakthrough race and I thought I'd be rare in the go. And I think I'd planned at that point on running the towpath last year. And that was going to I think starting training for the towpath would have been two or three weeks after Cleveland. And I hit the day where I was going to do it. And I went, nope. Yeah. Not at all interested in running today. And it's like, if I'm at that point, like, if I'm not all in on something, I'm not even going to try. Like, training's got to be something you're all in on. Oh, for sure. So I let myself go another couple of weeks, and it was, like, perfectly set up where if I went another couple of weeks, that would coincide with running the Columbus Marathon. And the extra couple of weeks, I was like, yep, I'm, I'm ready, now let's do it. And that's what I did. I ran Columbus, and I was fine. And then I got done with Columbus, and I thought after... You know, After the disappointment of not getting into Boston and then just with the way Columbus went where I was really on pace for probably like a a 301 or a 302 and then having the GI issues and the cramping, I thought I would kind of like mentally be devastated and not want to do it. And I hit the two weeks and I was raring to go. I had to force myself to take one more week off last year before I, I restarted running. So I think two weeks is kind of like the baseline where just physically I'm not interested at all. Right. And then after that, I just kind of let my mind tell me what it wants to do. So so you don't mandate it. You're not like, I can't run yeah. for two weeks. You really just go with how, basically how you're feeling. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like two weeks is just kind of the, just, I really am not interested at all within the first couple of weeks. Yeah. And then after that, I just let my mind go. Um, That's so funny. I, dude, I'm,
1: I want to go out for a run right this second. Do you really? I wanted to go out for a run last night <laughs> when I got home. Jesus. Like, it, I get so fired up. Like, I, especially after yesterday. Like, dude, I've been on a high that I I feel like Kramer from Seinfeld after he accidentally stole a Tony at the Tony Awards. Like, <laughs> I am on a high you just can't bring me down from. That's two weeks in a row with a relevant Seinfeld reference, too. Very well done. So, I like, I just want i want to keep it going and the only way i can think to keep it going is get out and run now i'm on my fourth beer now for the afternoon (laughs) so i'm not going to go out and run now and even if i wasn't that would be stupid but i will give myself i mean i won't make myself run at all uh for the next couple of weeks but i will allow myself to run okay thursday or friday if i feel it granted we're talking like two or three very easy, very slow miles. I mean, my body went through a lot. Uh, but with how I feel right now, not being too sore, I think I could see myself going out Thursday or Friday for a couple very, very easy miles, kind of stretch it out, get that blood moving, get some of those toxins out of my legs. Right. Um, Like I look forward. I think the hardest part of that is dialing it back because there is such a high
0: that you're on, and you're still in shape. Yeah, like you're still in really good marathon shape.
1: Um, But I think one way I kind of temper that is right now I'm looking at spring races.
0: Yeah, and And I think about
1: what I want to do.
0: And I think yeah. So that that brings me to the next question I was going to ask you was. Do you, how far out do you plan? Like, do you get done with the race and you know what you're doing? Or is it sort of like, do you play it by ear based on how the race went? How do you determine that?
1: I have been so bland in my marathon decision making, like which races I'm going to run. Because mm-hmm. it's, I mean, it's basically Cleveland, and Columbus have yeah. been. Those are, I'm, dude, I'm itching to mix it up.
0: Yeah, so too.
1: I've kind of been going through what I would like the next year to look like. And uh, I've, I've been thinking about, you know, I really enjoyed running Akron a couple weeks ago and then running mm-hmm. Columbus this weekend. Okay. I, I just I thought that was. It was a lot of fun, and I think it's cool to be able to say I ran two marathons in 22 days. Oh, for sure. I think there, there's just something really awesome about that. So I'm kind of thinking about a similar uh, concept for next year. I don't know that I would do two fulls in the spring because the winter is naturally going to have fewer miles. Right. Uh, just because it's winter in Ohio. Uh, but I, I'm thinking a spring race, and then I think I would like to race columbus again next year uh my brother has been reinvigorated and inspired by uh spectating yesterday that he's already decided he is going to run columbus again next year make have his comeback race so uh that means i'm going to do it too and we will probably run most of it together hopefully and maybe both pr uh but then i i kind of want to do las vegas oh in november because it is the day before my birthday next year it's the day after my birthday this year i and this all came up because i saw on twitter and i was like oh my gosh it's on the 15th of november this year that means next year it's going to be on my birthday well next year is a leap year so it skips my birthday and my birthday will be the day after the race but uh Yeah, I think I might do that just kind of as like a cool, not go out and race it, just go out and run it kind of like I did Akron. Because, you know, we're talking three to four weeks after racing a full in Columbus. It's not going to be pretty, but but if I just go out to have fun. Yeah. um, But yeah, I, I always get these like visions of grandeur. Not that they ever actually amount to anything, but my mind just kind of runs wild. After a race, so I, I wouldn't say I plan anything. I just kind of get these ideas for what I would like to do, and then uh, usually I wait until the last possible second when uh, registration costs are at their absolute highest, and I register for <laughs> for a race. I got to stop doing that.
0: You know, I used to I used to be really big into registering early and saving money, but since I've dealt with some injuries, it's like you know I'd rather. I'd rather go out and spend maybe a little bit more as opposed to spending less, but then maybe not being able to run the race. So it's like, well, I, I, I see both angles from it now. I I'm going to
1: look at it this way for Columbus next year. I threw away $75 this year by waiting until the end of September to register for Columbus. Right. Um, I would rather just throw away $75 at the beginning of the year and not run it at all. Because that was the difference in registration cost. I would have thrown away the same amount of money either way. Uh, That's fair. So um, I'm going to register for Columbus when registration opens uh, to make sure I say, because that is my, like, I'm absolutely running that next year. Right. Uh, Obviously, I'll be doing something at Cleveland. I'm not sure. I don't, I do not believe it'll be the full, uh, but I've kind of looked at Glass City in Toledo a little bit in April. Mm-hmm. That's been that's been a race that has piqued my interest. I know you've talked about Pittsburgh.
0: Yeah, I've got the map so. hanging up on my mirror as motivation.
1: Ooh, so yeah. yeah, you're you're all but decided there.
0: I think so. It's it's. I'm still playing it by by ear. Um, yeah, you know, I've got plenty of build up. I think I still have twelve weeks before I would have to commit to a training plan for Pittsburgh right. if I stick with the Hansons. And twelve weeks is plenty of time to build up and kind of. You know, push myself, but also back off if I feel like anything's not feeling great right um so yeah, I just i'm I like you, feel like I've been kind of boring with my race plans. I've typically run Cleveland Towpath or Cleveland Columbus, yeah, and uh you know that's not to take anything away from Cleveland. you and I shoot, we did an entire series of interviewing ambassadors. Everybody says the same thing, how great Cleveland is and how meaningful it is to them. And, uh, but you know, it's like, I'm heading for, I think next year now is going to be my 10th year as a runner, which is amazing. And it's like, it's time to, it's time to do something. There's a lot of really good races. Flying pig is, is incredibly well known. The Pittsburgh marathon is newer, but pretty well known. I hear great things about glass city. Um, God, you know, it's it's time to get out and do some different things. Because I, you know, we talked about it last week. I've done Columbus twice. I did the half marathon the first year that I was a runner when I didn't know anything, and I did it last year. You know, when I was pretty experienced, and you come to appreciate just sort of the, the differences in different races that are out there. Mm-hmm. And I'd I'd like to see that. I like to kind of see what else some of these spring races are all about. So, well, and it just adds for it. I mean, you
1: don't display your medals like I do. Do you?
0: Or is I have it them Thomas?
1: Up. Oh, Thomas is the one who kept them in a the drawer. Uh, no, I've got I've got mine up. Like, I'm looking okay. at them right now. Um, like, I look at my metal wall, and, like, it looks badass. Don't get me wrong. I have yeah. two, four, six. I, I mean, I could count them all. I mean, there's – especially with Cleveland because of the Challenge Series. I mean, I got dozens of medals up on my yeah. wall. <laughs> but the majority of them – are are from three races, Akron, Columbus, yeah. and Cleveland. <laughs> you know, it's like no, it's, it's, Yeah, it's I,
0: called topath in Cleveland right now.
1: I, yeah, I got to throw some variety up there. So that's just that is kind of where I'm at, but I do think I do think there is something about Columbus, man. Well, I mean that there's... that I do not mind like as I'm talking about variety. I that is a race I don't know that I can chuck that one out of my uh,
0: annual routine. I mean, there's a reason you and I continually reference how much fun we had yeah. talking, running with Darius Blackford.
1: Yeah. That is, man, yesterday was something fucking awesome.
0: Yeah. Oh,
1: man, how, how much did I kill it on our Instagram story with those Thunderstruck references?
0: Oh, my God, you were on a roll all week. Dude. I mean, you're the social media presence of <laughs> this podcast anyway, but it was just, it was just nonstop. But it's a little <laughs> – here's the thing. is It's a little thing, but it's a little thing that makes you love the race. The fact yes. that you start with Thunderstruck.
1: Absolutely. But I will tell you, yesterday – so I did not get a chance to nap after the race yesterday Oof. because of the drive home to Canton and the fact that we were with family. Uh, we, we didn't leave – because typically, if we weren't with family, we probably would have left the race at like 12.30. Yeah. and Or left the restaurant we were eating at at like 12.30 or 1 o'clock. And then we would have been home by 2.30 or 3. I could have laid down for an hour, whatever. Well, we didn't get home till almost 5 yesterday. So there was no way I was going to take a nap at 5 o'clock. I would have been all messed up. And mm-hmm. so I grabbed a beer. I went and sat outside for a little bit. And I'm still so a little delirious. And from the race. And now I'm just exhausted. Uh, you know, I'm not just delirious. I'm, I'm tired from running the race. I'm also tired from just lack of sleep the night before. And, uh, I started, I I just got this stupid idea to do that one where I'm just talking to the camera outside and I must've watched it myself 30 times. And I was crying, laughing so hard. (laughs) <laughs> just uh, just wanted to tell you guys you, and then going into you've been thunderstruck. Oh my gosh, I was, I shouldn't laugh that hard at my own jokes.
0: <laughs> it's always good to laugh at yourself. Now, <laughs> but, yeah,
1: it just it just became dumber and dumber after I did the mock playlist. It just became funnier and funnier to me, and I was like, I'm just gonna keep doing it. I'm not gonna go overboard with it it's just something once a day to bring it up. And here I have this like sappy, like, Oh, thank you guys for following along the journey with me and
0: all that stuff. <laughs> and to end it with that stupid ass joke. It's
1: why
0: people come back to this podcast, Andrew.
1: Yes. Yeah. And it's, and it's why people come back to Columbus for Thunderstruck. Yes. Thunderstruck, the common denominator of why people listen to us and run Columbus. Thank you, ACDC. <sighs> it's so good. Yeah. That was when I knew I made the right decision to line up with the 310 group. When Thunderstruck started playing, I was like, hell yeah. Ready to go. Yep. Did we have anything else we had to talk about on this outline of ours?
0: I, no, I don't think so. Is We've already it? No, that's it. We've talked about our post-race recovery plan, which seems to be do whatever we want and <laughs> De- run debauch when we for
1: a debauch for a week and do run and run when you want to. Run when you want to. That's pretty much it. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Now don't let it go too long. Yeah. I think that's the toughest thing with fall races though is you start to head into winter. What I love yeah. is down here we have the uh, Made in America Half Marathon, which takes place in the tow- on the towpath in Maslin. Okay, and it's put on by Second Soul in Canton, so okay. it's kind of you kind of feel like it's a little bit of there, even though you pay for the registration, it's a little bit of their thank you to give back to the community. It just has this like real like let's just get together run 13.1 miles and party for a few hours. Like that's really what it feels like. And it's, it's no frills. There's nothing too crazy about it. It's a pretty low entry fee. It's a perfect little wind down to the year. And you know, it's three to four weeks after Columbus because I think it's the second weekend in November and it's just a good little way to, I think kind of wind down the year, but also set a good tone for the winter. You know, I, you don't just give up on everything altogether. You kind of got this little something still to work towards, but it's your last long race for most people. Right. Unless they're insane and running long races in the winter, which is, sounds terrible.
0: Yeah, I... Uh, it's funny, because I... I'm enjoying this cooler weather and I'm enjoying the thought of picking up my miles here in the winter. And it's like, I, I bitch about running in the winter, but at the same time, I know how toughing out running in the winter makes me a stronger runner because it's like you, you build some resilience that you don't get any other season, but man, you are right. It is so hard. Like, especially if you stop like right now when you're stopping.
1: Yeah. You don't want to be picking it back up in the winter. You want to be in a place where you're at least maintaining. I think in the winter, if you're getting to where you're having to rebuild your base, yeah, going into the it's going to be rough. (sighs) I I think that's one thing I've always done. That's and I think this last winter may have taught me some things because you know we we've talked about how I spent a lot of time in the gym. Mm -hmm. I. I think that that's. I'm actually going to have to go restart my gym membership okay. uh, here soon because I don't want to wait until it's too late. I want to get financially invested in it. Right. Uh, and then, you know, as the cooler days hit and, you know, we get those wet November nights that can just be atrocious. I'm not going to run in that. No thanks. Right. <laughs> and I don't, you know, and you don't have the mindset. I'll do it up until Columbus because there's that thought of anything can happen on race day i need to be prepared for it i can't say oh it's it's windy and rainy and cold out i want to run on the treadmill you don't get to do that on race day so you have to get out you know what the race is over if i don't want to run in the weather that's outside i'm not going to there's no need to push myself through it exactly so I'll be okay to go to the gym and hop on the treadmill and throw in some strength training and stuff. And I, I really do feel that I know the parts of my body that I need to work on and strengthen over the winter. Uh, so, yeah, I need to go get financially invested in that and uh, do it before I just don't want to run outside. Exactly. Yeah. Get myself there. So, um. Yeah, but what else you got for us this week, Adam?
0: I think we've hit it. I think we have hit it. It's it's common sense stuff, obviously. Nothing too technical with the whole what you do after a race, but uh, it's just so important because when you go hard, you've got to also give yourself that balance like we talked about to just take it easy. And that's how you – That's I, honestly, I think it's how you physically recover, and I think it's how you build um, – I think it's how you build desire for the next cycle. Yeah. Yeah. You have to mentally
1: recover too. Yeah. I mean, it's because it's not just from the race day. It's from the entire sequence of training. Yes. And especially in a fall race. I mean, you, you go through it for six, eight, 10 months. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's time to, it is time to give yourself a break. I think I'm in a little different spot than some people who completed Columbus maybe because I didn't train much over the spring. So I'm really, I'm kind of in that spot where I'm raring to go right now after right. an event. But um, yeah, I yeah, give yourself that time to mentally recover because you have to. If you go too hard, you're just going to burn out or you're going to wind up injured. And that's just, it's just the facts of running. Yep. So um, speaking of running and races, we want to wish the best of everything to those running The Youngstown
0: Marathon and the Marine
1: Corps Marathon
0: this weekend. Marine Corps is on my bucket list.
1: What else is on your bucket
0: list? Uh, uh, Is it the California International Marathon? The one that runs uh, uh, over by Monterey, like up the coast over the Bixby Bridge. That's on there. December? Uh, I don't remember. I, you know, it's like I used to think that it was, like, December or January, and then I want to say I looked it up, and it's not. It's
1: well, like... I know CIM's in December because there's, like, a huge thing with, like, Olympic trials qualifiers thinking of running that one because it's a huge PR really? and PQ course.
0: No, it's, it's December 8th. Maybe I'm thinking of a different one then. There's, like – I mean, you got Big Sur – Maybe it's, maybe Big Sur's, oh yeah, California International is Sacramento, so I'm thinking of a different one, okay. maybe it is the Big Sur, Big Sur International Marathon, that's what it is, yeah, Big Sur's on my bucket list, that's, uh, that's late April.
1: Yeah, they, I think they pair that, you can pair that with Boston.
0: That's right, they do like the, do one this week and then do one the next week. Yeah, it's like that's a, right. they call it like coast to coast or something. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't realize that one was so small. It's only thirty five hundred, but that one has a that one has a lottery too. Marathons Oof. have just gotten so big that the big ones, like the the coveted ones, all seem to have lotteries now. I think yeah. those are really my two: Marine Corps and and Big Sur. I you know it's like I'd like to run New York, but I don't know that like I feel like I have to run New York or Chicago. I'm trying to think of what I feel like I have to run. I, I
1: think I yeah, I talked about Vegas. I I think Vegas is just. There, there's an intrigue about it being so close to my birthday. Even though I don't give it two shits about birthdays. And at I, night. I, yeah, it's that. It, I mean, finishing on the strip at night, that would just be cool as hell. For, for yeah, Absolutely. So I don't know. That, that's, that one's always kind of intrigued me. Um, I don't know. But I don't know that I have a ton on my butt. I, just, I, I, I know that now I want to start experiencing more kind of yeah. talked about that i, I want to experience a little more with the exception of columbus i mean that is just that is there I, maybe after next year but i can't wait to get back right at this point maybe after next year i'll, I'll mix up the fall a little bit more but i'm going i'm definitely gonna start mixing up the spring so again this weekend best of luck to white town runners marine corps runners uh marine corps runners adam is jealous of you if you didn't very much so that. so Well, it's that time again. Time Time to to sign off. Time to sign off and say goodbye. Uh, Please, if you are listening to this and you enjoy this, uh, feel free to go rate us on your favorite podcasting app. Uh, Rating us, giving us reviews, sharing us, that always helps. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook and our Barely existent Twitter. Oh, poor Twitter. Poor Twitter. We're more active on that on our personal accounts. But uh so yeah, rating us and uh giving us reviews on your favorite podcasting app. That's gonna help us grab more listeners and maybe make an impact on them as much as possible. Oh, damn it. This is gonna take us a quick second. This is one thing I wanted to talk about real quick, mm-hmm. and it's gonna be quick, it's gonna be fast, I promise. Um It was, you brought up Erica Gennaro um, a couple times today. Well, she messaged our Instagram and feel free to message our Instagram whenever you want. We've already had somebody recommend a race for us to run next spring, which is impossible because I'll be on a cruise, but uh, Erica had messaged us a funny story. Well, it's not really funny, but I want to get your thoughts on it. I don't know if you scrolled through our Instagram messages and read this or not.
0: I don't, I did not. I scrolled through them, but I had not seen this.
1: All right. So, at Chicago, some guy told me he hid in a porter potty for the entire morning. Oh, she told
0: me about this.
1: So he could, one, be warm, and two, have constant access to a bathroom without waiting in line. I thought, dude, you're a dick. But he thought he was brilliant. Don't ever do that, anyone, ever. Under any circumstances.
0: <laughs> I she told me so like I said, we were messaging yesterday while we were tracking you. And the first thought that crossed my mind was, you've gotta be super committed to hide in a porta potty that smells like shit.
1: Well, it sounds like you got there early enough where it doesn't. Maybe. I have been in porta potties before they've been used by too many people, but I have never once thought about staying in there forever. Lord, no. Like, I, that's, one, I, even when I need to use it, I still want to get in and out as quickly as I can, because I know how much anxiety I get standing in those lines, because five minutes in those lines seems like, it'll be 45 minutes before the race, and you're like, oh my god, this line better hurry up, or I'm going to miss the yes. start. And you yeah. get out and you still have, you know, 30 minutes to go. You didn't wait that long, but it feels like an eternity. You feel like you're going to miss it. I, I want to do everything I can to make sure people aren't in that situation. And this motherfucker's just in there hanging out. And then he wants to go, like, uh. apparently, like, show his size off to Erica, who's married, by the way, and, like, act like he's super cool. What an idiot. Yes. Yes. I just I don't know what that dude looks like, but I guarantee you he looks like somebody you want to punch. Uh, I, and I'm not a violent person.
0: I, I just – I struggle to – I struggle to think about the thought process.
1: That guy wears the shirt of the race he's running. There is no doubt about
0: that. Oh, my god. I... <laughs> Man, he had the opportunity to think this through and think, "No, this is a bad idea." Like we all, ha- we've all had those ideas where you initially were like, "That's a good idea," and then 30 seconds later, you're like, "No, I'm an idiot. I shouldn't do that." Well, and then we all have... had. <laughs> then this we all that have... opportunity. And he didn't. He didn't go to that next phase of, "No, I'm an idiot." He just
1: went with it. Well, and then he kept doubling down on it. Then we've all done those things that we go, "Man, that was a bad idea. I'm not telling anybody about that." No, this dude goes on and tells people about it like it's some type of hack.
0: Folks, this is why you should listen to us and rate us, because you get hard-hitting stories like this that we will yell about. And this is why
1: you hang on right till the end, because I was about to say goodbye to everyone, and now I'm all
0: pissed off. It's because you're four beers in. That's true. (laughs)
1: Uh, I would go take a nap, but my son's going to be getting off the bus here soon. Oh. Yeah. It's okay. I don't need to take a nap. I slept 12 hours last night. So... Everybody, work. everybody! thank you for listening. Thank you for those who did track me as I ran Columbus. I want to congratulate all finishers Absolutely. of the Columbus Marathon. Uh, again, good luck to those uh, running this weekend. Uh, and we have New York in a couple weeks. But we'll, we'll have our chance to wish you all well. So, uh, Adam, uh, it, it's, I, I hope you're enjoying your miles as you get to run. I have to wait a little bit. I am. But um, to the rest of everybody who's out there able to run, enjoy your miles, everybody.